Hey guys, it's Mel. Hope you guys are having an awesome day and welcome to another episode of Mel's Podcastic Life. Yes, this is episode 14. I know, I've had this podcast for over two and a half years, I would say, or two years, somewhere around there, but <laughs> yes, we finally made it to episode 14. I am so sorry things just get so busy in life. I'd love to podcast more, but Anyway, I'm so glad to be here, so let's dive right into this episode. So today I want to spend some time talking about friendship and communication. There's a lot of uh, things I want to cover in this episode, and I hope you guys can stick with me. I will be flipping back and forth between uh, talking and looking at a few sketchy notes that I've kind of taken, uh, because there are some points I want to hit on. And yeah, just some things that I want to talk about, you know, about the state of our communication in these days. Are, are we becoming more disconnected in a digitally connected world? I'm sure this is something that has been talked about many, many, many times on many different mediums, but I'm going to put my own spin on it. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and stick around. I have seen questions like these on the internet. Why are Americans less friendly? Why do Americans spend less time with their friends? Well, first of all, I, I, I need to recognize that, yes, this is a problem in America. Um, we are definitely a more disconnected world than ever, even though we are digitally connected. Uh, but I think also this problem occurs elsewhere. Um, I, I'm sure that if you go on a website in Germany, for example, um, a German newspaper or whatever, you might see something like, why are Germans uh, less sociable or, or I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. I'm not, I don't uh, visit German newspapers. I can't, unfortunately, I cannot read German. But the point being is that if you go to another country, I'm sure they're going to be like, why are insert countries to citizen X here? You know, why are they less friendly with others? And to me, I think this is a very good question, but I think we need to stop asking it in the sense of why are Americans less friendly? One, because it's definitely for people that aren't Americans, it, it definitely gives a, a pretty bad impression um, as if we're less social than other places in the world. To be honest, we are a, a mixing pot of wonderful people and cultures and, and diverse, you know, customs and traditions. But we have our problems and everybody else has their problems. And when we focus on that, maybe we can start being a more connected planet. I, I think that's the first thing I want to start off with. Becoming a more connected planet. And then I want to kind of go more specific and go from planet to personal or person, whichever way you wish to describe it or identify it as. So from planet to person, how can we become more connected? And I think, first of all, we need to stop writing articles that say, well, why are Americans or why are, you know, unless it's it's something that pertains to that country. Like, for example, the September 11th attack, you know, 
many, uh, um, you know, most Americans felt, you know, scared and shocked. And I mean, I'm sure the whole world was felt that way. But, you know, people living in America obviously felt it in a much heavier degree. A lot of people lost a lot of people. And there was a lot of heartache and, and there was so much. So when they're specifically pointing to something that, you know, is an event that occurred in a specific country in a location. Okay, fine. I could see why they would say that. But I think we need to start being a more connected planet by stop using the word Americans to describe people who come from all walks of life. This is America. Yes, we are Americans, but we are a very mobile, we are a very diverse subset of people. You know, we're, we're just a tiny little dot in this giant world. And... Personally, and I'm an American and I say this myself, we need to stop being so self-centered. That's something that we could start doing. Like, we could be a more connected planet if we give other countries that opportunity to have their voices heard. Why not have articles written by different countries posted in American newspapers? I mean, no, maybe not every day, you know, just every once in a while. It's, you know, yes, we've got the internet. We can look stuff up on the web and we've got all that great stuff there with us. But what are we really accomplishing by defining, you know, personality traits or characteristic traits and making them more unique to Americans, when the world is pretty much in a very, very tumultuous situation right now. We've got, you know, the war in Ukraine. We've got the fires in Maui. Um, We're still kind of recovering from this pandemic in case people haven't forgotten. There's just so much that this whole world is going through right now. And I think, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like if we just start uniting and and being supportive towards one another, I don't know, maybe we might start building greater connections. I mean, there's a thought. What do you think? I hope you guys didn't mind me going on that little um, tangent because I, I do think it's important. Um, One, I think Americans are just as vibrant and beautiful as everyone else are in the world. So when you read articles like, you know, why are Americans less friendly or whatever, you know, whatever is going around, um, there's a radio show called On Point, and I want to talk about it a little bit more as we go through the podcast. Um, But one of their episodes was called, you know, why are Americans spending less time with friends? And they interviewed a relationship expert, and I will kind of, um, I will look at one of her quotes partially and kind of talk a bit about it um, in a, in just a bit here. But I, I personally, I think if we move forward with building stronger connections with people in the world, what does it mean to build a connection? We connect to the internet every day. We talk to our friends, our family. We post about our activity. You pretty much can do anything online. You can even sleep online. <laughs> I've I've heard of people doing FaceTime and Skype. And, and I don't know if people even use Skype anymore. Unless, 
like in some countries, if you're listening to this and you still use Skype, please let me know because I am genuinely curious. But either way, people are using different services to kind of sleep with each other online just so that you don't feel alone. And so you can pretty much do anything on the Internet. But what is that doing to us? Is it the Internet is so simple. All you have to do is pick up your phone, pick up your device um, if it needs to be logged in, log in, uh, you know, with the username and password and voila, you're on a website. There's really nothing that you have to really do. You don't have to put too much effort into it. And I think that is the problem with connections these days. With the internet, we don't have to put much effort into it. We just, you know, tippy type on the keyboard and, you know, we click mouses and we, you know, tap on our, you know, phone screens. It's very simple. But what have we done to our ability to think beyond the box? You know, think outside what you would imagine a typical connection would be. And I think this is my thought. I think because we've made everything too simple, the more complex things like comforting someone in the midst of grief or, you know, being a supportive person that, you know, can offer a bit more human contact than maybe a few words like, oh, hang in there, it'll get better. You know, those are very off brushing, very just hollow words. Like we have become a society that would rather send emojis then give real hugs. And I know this has been talked about by so many other people. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I, I just feel like we have found it so much more difficult to connect with people. And it's because what's required for a digital connection requires less effort. And all we need to do is push buttons and things magically happen. We can send a little greeting card to a friend in Hong Kong or, you know, go shopping in in Dubai or something on, a, on an online market. And but but our work that we do has such a far reaching effect now that people come to rely on those connections because it's it's no secret that we need human contact to survive. And because people are turning to the internet to, you know, post on social media, send messages to and from, we've become accustomed to this way of living. So we go ahead and do it ourselves. We get online, we post to social media, we send messages, all in that, that, that strong, very deep, instinctual habit to want to socialize. But because everybody is working so many hours and, you know, I, I do believe there's a lot that affects our connections. You know, we've got economy issues. We've got people working more hours, people working at home and not interacting as much at work. But then again, there are people who have to like seriously travel on these killer commutes and it takes them more time and more energy. So you, the world is just all over the place right now. 
And I get that sometimes it's just so much easier to just pick up your phone, send your friend a text. I'm thinking of you. Hi, you know, and it's done. But because the effort has become so easy, we have just made it our mission to make our lives as easy as possible. But what happens when it comes to simple, friendly conversation? We might be able to feel comfortable saying hello, but we might see a person crying on the street. And some people still, and just you guys are the angels, those who see people and make an effort to connect. There are so many of you around the world, and I think that's great. But some people see a person crying on the side of the road, and they might offer, like, hey, are you okay? Do you need, like, medical help? Or do you need, they, they want to offer, like, material help. Because people are focusing on so much of the superficial stuff that they think when they see somebody crying, oh, maybe they're stranded or maybe they don't have any money for food or maybe there's always some superficial reason why the person's crying. And maybe there is a reason in some cases, but there's always this, you know, are you okay? Can I get you something? You know, which is nice, I think is great, but I think we should maybe sit down next to the person, let them, give them a moment to adjust to your presence being there for one, um, because crying in public is usually a very difficult thing to deal with. And some people don't feel comfortable. And, you know, they might, they might be crying because they really just emotionally can't handle it. It's It's been a tough day. So maybe when you come and sit beside them, you see them crying, maybe sit or stand beside them and maybe offer a friendly smile or, hey, hello. And if they say hi and, and they're willing to talk, you know, that's great. If they're not, you know, give them a minute and, and you know, let them adjust to you being there. Um, because sometimes when people are crying and so upset, they get so absorbed with their current situation that they don't often pay attention to the people that are close by them. Unless there's obvious cues like, hey, you and, and waving and whatever. But I think we need to give people that opportunity to just adjust to our presence. And then we make our into we, we make our intentions known. Hi, I, you know, I saw you crying and I just wanted to check and make sure are you OK? You know, is there anything I could do to help? Um, and, and don't immediately offer superficial help. Just leave it open and just say, is there anything I could do? You know, how can I help you have a better day today? I'm so sorry you're not feeling well. Like that's the kind of connection that I'd love to make with people. But not only have we gotten very, very bad at initiating those connections, but we've also gotten so bad at receiving the connection. So I wrote a Mastodon post earlier today, and this is what actually kind of inspired me to do this podcast. As a child, I was always taught that when somebody walks by and they say hello, that you say hello back. It's kindness, it's courtesy, it's respect. And you know what? Maybe that person has had a bad day and maybe it took a lot for them to reach out to you and say hello and you, you know, being nice and friendly to them, you know, that just confirms, oh, good, you know, I, I did the right thing, I reached out. But it seems like nowadays, even getting a hello from somebody is weird. 
You know, it just feels awkward. And why is that? Um, so here we go into this overly digitally connected world. Our, we're, we're not even paying attention to our surroundings, for one. I know a big part of this is technology. But I also get that there are other stress factors. There's financial issues. We've survived, most of us have survived a, a, a very, very difficult pandemic. There have been so many people that were lost due to that pandemic. And people are still grieving. You know, there's this war that's going on. There's so much that people are stressed over that it just, to them, it, I think it's, it's the effort of the connection is what is impossible to put forth. I think that's what it is. I think it's the effort. And so as a kid, you know, I would say hello. I was a very, very social butterfly. And, you know, I didn't see people across the street, but when I heard people, I was very, and I still am, very verbally expressive. Hi, how are you? What's going on? And I'm always talking. I always talk because that's how I communicate. I don't see people waving across the street. And and if I can't see people waving at me, why would I wave back at them? If I'm expecting them to say, hello, how are you? I want to be, the, I want to reciprocate in the same way and say, hey, how are you? How's it going? What's, what's life going like? Da, 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 and all the small talk. And yes, I get life is busy and hectic and nobody has time for small talk anymore. No, yes, we do. We're, we're just spending all that time on our phones is what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We've, we've taken all the time, as they've mentioned in this show that I'm going to talk about in a bit. We've taken all this time and we've just shifted it to an online presence because we can get more tasks done in this environment. So we're making, you know, there's a practical reason for it, right? We're, we're making more use of our time. We are ordering our groceries online while we're sending off that work email and filing that report and checking our Facebook and saying hello to the, you know, to a family member who just posted their vacation pics. We're doing so much in, in so little time, but the multitasking for us, we, it's like, oh, you know, it's maybe we feel productive because we're getting more done. But to me, I feel productive when I like receive and connect substantially with people and I have deep conversations that go for hours. I feel like I'm more productive that way because I feel like I get to know people. I feel like I explore them. And nowadays, it, it just feels like people are like, hi, bye, you know, and it's they just want to be on their phones where they could do more in this time. But we are not super people we are simply humans and i mean that's a great enough accomplishment in itself and we cannot forget that so as i was growing up as a kid i always said hello to people when they walked by me now for a while i kept this up whenever somebody would walk by and say hello even if they weren't talking to me i would always go hello and it, because I didn't know if they were talking to me, but I didn't want to be rude. And there were a few awkward occasions where the person will turn around and go, oh, oops, I'm sorry. I didn't mean you. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, because it is really weird. I, I don't want to like insert myself into a conversation that doesn't have anything. I, you know, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. And 
be like, yo, so I heard you two talking over here and I wanted to come over and see what's up. You know, I'm not like that, but I am very friendly and sociable. And when people say hello, I'm going to respond right back. Well, I had an issue, uh, an incident once in a grocery store and I was with my mother-in-law. Now, she was used to her her son being very quiet, very reserved, and didn't really say much. I, on the other hand, have always been a talker. So one woman walked by and she said hello to somebody else, but she was close enough that I thought maybe she meant me. So I said hello. And my mother-in-law was shopping and uh, she gave me a lot of verbal abuse at the beginning of the marriage. She criticized a lot of things I did. And this was no exception. So she turns around from her cart and she goes, she was saying hello to somebody else. Remember, it's not always about you. And I just remember being so humiliated with from that experience and feeling like, oh my God, I never wanted it to be about me. I was just being polite, geez, you know, but her, you know, comment made me feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't say hello. Why would somebody react so strongly to somebody just trying to attempt to be friendly? And maybe she wasn't saying hello to me and that's fine. But I was just being friendly to her because that's what I thought she was doing. I was only returning what I thought was a gesture in my direction. But it wasn't. And yes, I know that can be pretty awkward at times. But that affected me. And for a while, I didn't say hello to people um, unless it was very obvious, like they tap me on the shoulder, go, hey, and then I would say hi. Or if there was nobody else in the room and the person said hi, or they said my name, hi, Melissa, um, which I'm beginning to not like my name. I, I prefer Mel so much better. Um, but the, the, the thing is, is we have, I, I don't know what it is with people who think that saying hello is such a bad thing, but I outgrew that. And nowadays, if I hear somebody walk by, I'll say hello, but they don't respond to me. It's either because A, they've got headphones on, B, they're looking at their screen, C, they're just looking down at the ground because they're just tired and they need to get from point A to point B. We have put too much demand on our bodies to the point where making simple connections with people has become too much of an effort to put forth. Why? Why are we doing that? So I, I think that's something to really ponder over. And I'd love to hear people's responses. I don't want to be like, well, in theory, we should. No, I mean, I, I will be discussing a few research notes and things that I found um, in the next chapter here. But why? I'd love to hear your comments because I'm sure there are people out there and I don't care what country you're in. If you are listening to this podcast right now and you are feeling lonely and isolated, disconnected, it's not you. It's just there are people around you who would rather not put forth the effort. But how can we do that? How can we change that? When somebody says hello, how difficult is it for us to just be able to look up maybe offer a little eye contact and just say hello and walk by. How difficult is that? Really? Do you realize a simple hello can change someone's day? It can make their day so much better. And just, and, and I am very much a people person. I 
have no problems if I feel emotionally connected to someone and they're sharing their life story with me or whatever, I'd be like, you know what, can I give you a hug? Is that okay? Now, yes, I do think we should be mindful of other people's personal spaces. We shouldn't just run in their face and go, hey, hello. No, no, no. I, I, I think we do need to practice some politeness here, but there are people who have been socially distancing long before the pandemic. So may, maybe there's maybe there's a disability or some sort of disease or an injury that has maybe an obvious physical deformity or abnormality that people are seeing and they're just like, Ooh, I don't know, and they feel awkward about it. You know, there are people that have been excluded for many things. We don't have to go into that here. There has been so much social distancing and social division long before the pandemic. So we can't just keep saying that COVID is responsible for making people less friendly. I do think it ha- it is a significant contributor, uh, but I don't think that COVID should be to blame for everything because all we've done is just basically brought this problem more to the foreground that people are talking about it more. And that was thanks to COVID because people were on lockdown for quite a long time. And there was just so much anxiety with resurfacing in the public. And it was hard for people to deal with. And I get that. But we have an opportunity to break these cycles and make the effort to make those connections because everybody around us, all the people that we love and care about, they deserve it. And so do you. I know that when I used to interact with people and I used to volunteer with people on a regular weekly basis and, and go to their offices and, and work on the iPad training program that I did and things like that, I was more connected with people. Uh, Sure, I'd come away more exhausted because there'd be a lot more to do, but I felt so much more like I was not isolated. I had friends. I was always talking to somebody. And it just feels like now talking to somebody has to be done virtually. And to me, I like the presence of a person. I like to hear their voice alongside me. I like to feel them. I love to know that they're just, they're there. Just the physical act of being there. And I think that's what we're going to segue into. How can we make greater efforts to be more connected? And I think we need to start with showing our presence, letting people know that we're there and that we care about them. And how could we do that? Oh, by very subtle things. Hello, friendly smile, maybe a handshake. Personally, I benefit more from like verbal connections and and tactile connections, you know, reaching out to hold someone's hand or whatever. Yeah, you know, I don't see a person smiling at me from across the room. But yet, you know, we we've come to a point in our lives where things are just too, too stressful that just the effort of making the connection and the effort of receiving connections becomes too difficult. How can we switch that around? I don't want to listen to experts spew their stuff. I want to hear thoughts from the people. I want to hear what your thoughts are. What do you think is so difficult for people to initiate and receive 
in-person connections these days? Why is interpersonal communication so hard? Experts can tell you, oh, people spend way too much time on their phones. And, and it's not what they're saying is untrue. It's just all we're hearing is these experts with their voices and their thoughts and their comments. And no doubt they have a lot to offer to us. And, and they can offer a lot of insight on some overlooked issues. So yay for the experts. You know, they can be helpful. But I think this is something for everybody to explore. You don't have to be a, a relationship expert. You don't have to be a psychologist. You don't even have to be, you know, an educated person. You have the right as a living, breathing, thoughtful, complex, joyful, you know, a wonderful human being. You have that opportunity to be a part of this society by connecting with people and receiving their connections and enjoying that part of life. Like to me, it's a big, big deal. So we're going to go to our final chapter in just a sec here. I want to talk a little bit about loneliness and depression. And one of the things that this relationship expert has said in the show about why we have become so depressed. So we'll talk about that in just a sec and how we can make ourselves and the world around us less of a lonely place. I'm open to your suggestions. Let's keep this discussion going. So we've talked about connecting the whole planet. And yes, I still believe that's very important. We've talked about initiating and receiving connections with people in general. Now we're going to get to the more specific part of our podcast. I want to talk about friendships, like deep friendships, whether you call them besties, whether you call them your buds, whether you're your, your close friend, whatever it is, these are the meaningful, beneficial, just wonderful relationships that is the fuel of our life. And it's, it's how we survive. There's no way we can have our food and water, but if we are completely isolated from other people, it, it's not going to be a pretty picture. And that's what I really want to hone in on in this segment. What does it mean to be a good friend? So in 2022, in December of 2022, there was an episode of the show called On Point, and I found it from the WBUR radio website, and I'm going to put the link in the um, the blog portion of this podcast, or as I like to call the show notes. Um, I'm going to be putting the link to this here because I want you to read the whole thing because I think it's very important. So they were asking um, this expert, her name is Dr. Marissa Franco. Dr. Marissa Franco is a relationship expert. And she was asked the following question. What are the measurable and meaningful benefits of having deep friendships? Like these are the people that we practically lean on or that lean on us. And we feel that deep, strong connection. And Marissa Franco said the following, and this is just a partial of her quote, but she says this, loneliness actually impacts 
how long we live. I'm going to repeat that sentence again because I think this is so important. Loneliness impacts how long we live. It is so vital to be connected to people. It is just so important. So continuing on, she goes, more than our diet, more than exercise. You know, people that are most socially connected live longer than people that are otherwise isolated and have a great diet or otherwise isolated and exercise. Well, so it's striking uh, the, uh, the impact of loneliness on our physical health. It also amplifies, amplifies the progression of diabetes, of Alzheimer's, obviously mental health issues. There's a study of 106 factors that influence depressive symptoms that finds that having a confidant is the number one factor that prevents against depression. Now, she continues on, but having a confidant is the number one factor that prevents symptoms of depression. We need to have that bestie in our lives, whether we have more than one. I mean, this, this doctor literally just said loneliness impacts how long we live. So it's, it's very important to pay attention to the, the physical effects of loneliness and people are probably already feeling it. So if there are people around you who are lonely, if you want them to live longer and you want them to be a part of your life, you got to make sure they're not lonely. I mean, it's just a matter of the fact you cannot survive alone. And that's just the way that it is. It's so important to be connected with others. And this Dr. Marissa Franco is very, very right by saying, you know, the loneliness could exacerbate a lot of the medical problems that we have. So yeah, being lonely is, is definitely not a habit to keep. <laughs> I mean, there, there's times when it's good to be alone, but being lonely is not what we want. There was also an article posted on June 8th of 2021. It was something that I saw that was kind of jarring to me. So I, I had to, to include it. But the May 2021 American Perspectives Survey, they found, and I will quote this here, the May 2021 American Perspectives Survey finds that Americans report finding having fewer close friendships than they once did, talking to their friends less often, and relying less on their friends for personal support. I'm also going to include this link. I think, one, again, we are seeing this situation where we're only, yeah, we're only surveying Americans. What I'd love to do is spend hours just looking at different surveys of other countries. I'd love to just focus on, you know, how are they feeling? Are they struggling with the issues of loneliness and isolation? I would believe that they would. But apparently, and what stuck out to me, though, with this survey is where it says they that Americans are relying on their friends less often for personal support. 
now's the time when we need friends. And but why are we pulling away from them? No, let's 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 increase the the connection with our deep close friends. That is what is going to keep you alive. It's literally your breath. And I think when we feel like, oh, you know, we could do this all on the internet and we get satisfaction from simply reading the emojis that our friends post to us every day. To me, I, I read that and I get very irritated. I don't like a cute little smiley face every once in a while is OK, but it's like smiley face, face with tears of joy, hugging hands and this, all this. And it's like, whoa, like, what are you trying to tell me with all these emojis? Just bloop, 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 bloop. You can't replace that with deep, meaningful conversation and the feel of your presence around me. That's the way I, I benefit so much from people's presence. And I think that's what a lot of people need. They need friends even more so now for emotional support. And that's when I saw that, I was like, you know, that's that's really sad. And I do want to touch a little bit on COVID because, yes, I do believe COVID has made us a bit more, I guess, I guess clamped up. We're, we're just, we, we are completely shut down. We don't open up as much as we used to. And I think part of that is just fear and anxiety. And that's something that naturally is just going to have to change over time. But it is definitely a disturbing finding when you see something like this. A new study observed rapid changes in personality during the pandemic, with people becoming less open, conscientious, agreeable, and extroverted. So yeah, we have completely clammed up. And I get it. The virus is pretty nasty. It still is. It's it was hard for people to accept that they had to be kind of disconnected from the community. And and everyone kept saying, you know, you need to social distance six feet apart. And people were having a difficult time doing that. But when they resumed the activity, it, it just seemed like people were just scared. They were just like, oh, no. And it's just like, but, but, but they're the same humans that you talked to over a year ago. They've been talking to you online. It's, it's not like you've spent 70 years exiled on an asteroid and you are just now coming to Earth and are trying to reacclimate. It, it was a difficult time. These are still difficult times. I get that people are scared. It's not easy. But when we clam up, we make people less willing to open up themselves. It's really a continuous cycle. Because if I see somebody like, and they just, nah, I don't want to talk to you. And I'm just like, okay, well then I won't talk to you either. You know, then you're less willing to reveal anything about you that could probably be beneficial. Maybe the two of you are going through a difficult relationship right now. And the two of you could open up and talk about not necessarily the very personal details, but you could offer comfort. When we become more closed in, we become more reserved and we are less willing to offer any comfort. Now I'm going to include the links to these in the show notes, as I said, because I really think that we need to 
read this stuff more. I want to actually do even greater research. I just wanted to do something that was simple and and quick. And yes, I, as I said, I had a lot to cover today. But we really need those deep connections with people to survive. And what I want to say before I go is that when we take the opportunity to open ourselves up, to be a little bit more more vulnerable, I've recently had to go get therapy and I've been very honest and open to my therapist about all of the problems that I've been having. Uh, if you asked me to do that five years ago, you you'd be crazy. And I just wasn't, I had a lot going on too, but I also had a much more active life. So I get it. it you know, times are changing. Life isn't what it used to be. And, and things will hopefully improve. I don't want to say that everything's going to be hunky-dory because I don't know your life circumstances. I would love to say that, you know, it's always the darkest before the dawn. And I would love to give you advice that could help, but I'd want to know a bit about what you're going through. And I'd want to know what you are most afraid of. And, and that is something that we could try to practice on ourselves. And I would like to invite you to ask, what are you most afraid of right now? What causes you the most anxiety? And then I would like you to ask yourself, what words or thoughts or phrases would comfort you most? And maybe say them to yourself. Because when you have an opportunity to comfort yourself, it's practice. And when you comfort yourself, you can comfort others. I honestly have to become better at that. I unfortunately with a lot of the depression that I've been dealing with, I don't want to hurt people. So I take a lot of the anger out on myself. It's something that I'm struggling with. But sometimes it, when we ask ourselves, what are you most afraid of right now? What are you anxious about right now? What would comfort you right now? What words, what gestures, what act of kindness? And it doesn't necessarily have to be material. I mean, yeah, we could all use a little comfort food, a little pick me up, you know, a little, you know, break with friends just to even sit down and talk. But what substantial efforts could comfort you right now? Do you want to have conversations about it? Do you not want to talk about it and take your mind off of things? Do you want to move to another environment and maybe see if the scenery has any effect? You know, think of ways that you would like to be comforted and say, you know, what what would I like people to say to me right now? What would I like people to do? And practice doing that on yourself, even if it means hugging yourself. I have hugged myself a few times. It's sometimes you just got to do that. But what does it mean to that, to you when you do those things? Does it feel nice? And maybe try it out on someone else. Find out and, and ask them, you know, what what is bothering you most right now? How can I help comfort you most right now. And I think that's a great way to build connections because people are sharing things because they know you care. It's one thing 
to be completely closed off because maybe you don't know the situation yet and you want to observe and see how people are and kind of get a read on the crowd before you know like what you're going to say, how you're going to connect, all that sort of thing. I get that. That's all part of survival. But if we're going to be more open, we have to share a little bit of ourselves. We have to know a little bit of what bothers ourselves. And when we practice being comforting and loving and caring we can reach out and be like well what's going on right now what's what's bothering you right now or what you know maybe there isn't something bothering you maybe there's just a thought that's maybe troubling somebody or you know what would you like to talk about today you know because I'm I'm here and and I'm curious to know your thoughts and I'm just a very curious person I I would be like you know what's going on tell me your story you know (laughs) that's just me um But when people see that reaching out, because you are being vulnerable in that moment, what's, you know, what what would you like, you know, how can I help you? You are putting yourself out there. That's going to really be what opens the floodgates for a lot of people, I think, is when they see that people actually do care. So that is going to be my, I guess, people advice. I'm no psychologist. I'm no expert. I'm just, I know that this is what works on me. I ask myself, what's bothering me right now? What's making me anxious? And I do a lot of audio journals and I will sit there for an hour or even two hours and just blah, 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 and and talk about what's bothering me. Because that allows me that openness and that, you know, sitting in my living room, usually it's my living room where I do my audio journals, sitting there in the room by myself or with my retired guide dog, it doesn't matter. I'm sitting there and I'm just spewing out all my thoughts. And I'm just saying, you know, this is what's bothering me. And this is how I can, you know, and I work it out. And I do that because when we are open with ourselves, we are more comfortable being open around others, I think. And just be you. Say what you feel. If you're alone in an empty room and you want to say what you're feeling, go ahead. Talk to yourself. (laughs) You know, because I think when we talk to ourselves, it's good practice. You know, like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. And I, I, you know, just go ahead. Talk to yourself. Maybe somebody might say that's a sign of mental decline, but (laughs) I don't care. I, I don't necessarily think it is. I mean, it's not like... It's not like you're doing it every moment of every day. You just, you need to get something off your chest. You need to open up. You need to be vulnerable. And being vulnerable in an empty room is a great way to practice. So that's me. Those are my thoughts. And I I really, really want to just thank people who have taken the time to listen to this. And and I want to let you know that you're, you're definitely not alone. If there's any way I could reach out and help, you know, the podcast is there. There's ways to make comments. I'm on Mastodon. You can follow me there. It's really important for you to know that people do care and people do love. I wish I felt that reached out to me right now. You know, I'm in a lonely room. I would like to have a nice connection with somebody, but it's going to happen naturally. I I don't, I would not want to force it on anyone, but just practice, practice, maybe talking to yourself and telling yourself how you feel, you know, 
it's it's great talking to ourselves is is i think it's good because it helps us work things out out loud i don't know sometimes i feel like i have to say something to know that it makes sense or to know that uh that doesn't connect <laughs> sometimes i have to talk out loud to make sense of things but that's just me. I don't know how you are, but I really hope that this helps people. And I really hope that this gets people thinking. And if you are afraid to open up, I understand completely. It'll take some time. But you can't survive alone. I mean, period. When I read Dr. Franco's sentence about loneliness impacts how long we live, it, it spoke very much to me because with my own current depression and the uh, not so pleasant thoughts I've been having, it really has affected my quality of life. I say this, I am being vulnerable and I am being open in a way. I say it because it means so much to me that not only myself, but other people feel connected and feel happy and feel like they can say whatever they want and they they have their friends close by and the presence is there you know just the essence of the person that's not something that you can transfer over an internet connection the essence of you is not wired to wi-fi just remember that all right that's going to be me enough of my pep talk <laughs> probably sounds a lot like one of those crazy motivational speeches you have to hear during a tour or something. I don't know. I hope it didn't drive people too crazy, but you know, it was just something I thought about coming out here and doing. And I, I really hope that you guys, you know, have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you again next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to episode 14 of Mel's Podtastic Life. Don't forget to keep up to date with our blog and podcast at the website, celestialvoice.net. Again, C-E-L-E-S-T-I-A-L voice, V-O-I-C-E dot net. You can also follow me on Mastodon if you'd like to connect and chat on a more personal level. I'm at DesertStar84 at Dragon's Cave dot space. Again, that's Desert Star, D-E-S-E-R-T-S-T-A-R-8-4 at Dragon's Cave dot space. Take care, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. See you soon. <laughs>